This is a podcast about D&D, but an important announcement. Zaboomafu had its grandchild last month. <laughs> what? Just thought you would be happy to know that. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm joined by a few friends of mine. Hey guys, this is Jeremy, and I play Sutsaurus. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Kjorg. I am Alan, and I play Brackle. Hey, it's Felicia, and I play Misk. My name's Mason, and I play Miles. Now, I know everyone is ready to get right back into the action, so I don't want to take long and hold that up. We're going to kind of just jump right into it tonight after the recap, so um, buckle up, because there's only one more episode after tonight. Episode 28 will be the finale of Season 2, and then an epilogue, a very important epilogue, you might say. So be sure to listen in during the mid-roll sequence for this episode where I'll be giving some more information about that, as well as our upcoming Season 2 Q&A. But for now, let's get right back into it, shall we? What happened last time on Make Believe Heroes? Last time, Kjorg, Saul, and Brackle found themselves chained up, sort of, placed inside these weird, gigantic birdcage things underneath the city of Branshire. Very, very wounded, left mostly dead with the help of some bear claws from Kjorg's cape. Uh, they did manage to break out. And who did they find inside an adjacent cage but Tyriella Solaren, the middle sister of Brianna and Bridget Solaren, who had been missing for some time. Carrying Tyriella with them, they went out to explore this cavernous area. They soon found themselves in a lighted area where there was this creepy obelisk with three giant needles and a symbol carved into the center of it in the shape of that same swirling uh, emblem that Braxton Tark wears on his lapel. And strangely enough, this ritual area, this altar, if you will, was found right beneath the Temple of Pelor. They left there to discover that the other end of the tunnel led them back into the root cellar of the first house. They found their way upstairs and regathered their things, which were tucked away in an armory room, just as Brianna and John Varig, the known to us but not known to them traitor, made his way onto the scene. Meanwhile, Misk and Miles were in the middle of a pandemonious battle going on right in the streets of Branshire. Things got pretty crazy. And uh, before you know it, the hot feet moved in, and it was an explosive spellcasting war. Pretty soon, things seemed to be getting out of hand, and Misk and Miles witnessed as an innocent young girl is perhaps about to be slain by one of the hot feet. Misk, you see as this young girl, probably 11, maybe 12 years old, picks up her sister's sword you would assume just based on the age difference and she reaches down and picks up the sword and this halfling draws his rapier back out of the woman's back and then wipes the blood off on his 
thigh and takes two steps toward the girl. She's crying, holding the sword up in front of her and screaming at him. So I immediately run up with my rapier drawn, and I, I'm assuming he's like bringing the sword down or he's about to attack. Yeah, he's, he's just stepping toward her, you know, and she's backing up, so he hasn't attacked her yet, but he is stepping toward her, obviously with intent to strike. So I'm going to run up and, and pull the girl behind me and have my rapier out toward him. Okay. And I'm going to say, you need to stop now. Just turn around and attack someone else, but you're not getting hurt. As soon as you do that, and Miles, you see you see this happening. Uh, you see Miss pressing forward. You see the young woman on the ground bleeding out onto the dirt, and you see the little girl backing up with the sword. You see all this kind of happen. You turn as Misk starts to move, and you see like you know just the occurrences of it. And now Misk is standing before this hotfoot soldier with his sword drawn, and he doesn't look like he's ready to back up at this moment. But before anything else can happen, Misk. You hear this noise. At first, it's kind of dull. But the longer you stand there with your sword up toward this member of the Hot Feet, the louder it gets in your ears, and it is this piercing ringing in your ears. It's weird. You know, Zahn did something, right? He said that maybe this would help. And it's like you can hear it, but it's not inhibiting you just yet. It's just at that point of not causing you pain. It's just on the verge, on the edge so you still have your faculties about you. So Misk feels that feeling because mm-hmm. she knows what you know how yeah. that feels, and she gets to that point where she's about to feel pain and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she like grits her teeth. Yeah. And she just smiles like she knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So she t- looks at the hot foot and she says, "Listen, get back. I don't want to hurt you, but I will if I have to." Will you? As this is occurring, uh, mm-hmm. Miles just he runs up beside her. Yes, and 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 just you know sees what's going on in in the just the moment of it. Okay, you do anything or say anything? You know, I, I I'm I'm here beside her. I'm making sure she keeps a good distance from him. and keeps a good distance from her. But knowing that and and, and possibly recognize him as a, as one of the hot feet, mm-hmm. Miles. You know, he isn't able to be recognized by the hot foot just because of his disguise. Right, he still appears as a human, right? Ranchering, yes. And so he's just going to keep his distance, but also make sure that Miss doesn't do anything that's going to cause herself harm. You step forward, and he sees you staying there, this branchering, you know, obviously someone from here. And he says, step aside. That girl right there has obviously made herself a part of this resistance. And we have expressed instructions to take out anyone who does not immediately fall in line. You want to stand between me and her? Then you're just going to have to die too, tiefling. She's a child. And the girl behind you screams, You killed my sister! I'm going to step up and I'm going to cast Cause Fear okay. on this doof. Okay. Um, is Cause Fear a spell that requires concentration? Yes. If you cast Cause Fear, Alter Self immediately stops. That's fine with me. All right. So what does he do? Does he have to make a save? Uh, wisdom 14. Okay. He got a 12 on the die. I think his wisdom is a plus one. If the save is a 14. Yeah, so he does not save. Right. So he becomes immediately afraid of you, right? Extremely afraid. He sees you and he just wants to run away from you. And so he immediately starts backing up through the crowd as you step toward him. And maybe it's where you transform from a human into a halfling or you don't really know what it is. But when he sees you, he is just overcome with fear and he begins to turn around to just run away from you. And you're repelling this dude back into the crowd. 
And I just keep walking up. I keep walking up right in front of the little girl. And I'm like, look, like he's gone. All right. He's mm-hmm. not going to come back. He's not going to harm you. You go inside, set the sword down, and get somewhere safe, and we'll handle the rest of this. So, Misk, before the girl runs away, Misk wants to do healing word on her. On? The sister. So you cast healing word on the sister? Yeah. It has no effect. I mean, the dude came up behind her and executed a sneak attack. You know what I'm saying? She was not a fighter, a soldier. She was just a just a girl trying to stand up for what she believes in. And she paid the ultimate price for that. Okay, so Misk is going to grab the girl by the hand. She's going to look at Miles. I'm not leaving her. We're, we need to take her into the barley barrel or take her somewhere where she can be safe. I'm not leaving her out here. Is there any place I would know of a safer environment that we could take to get her off the street? Like, I'll roll perception. I mean, from where you guys are in the middle of this crowd, and now it's starting to clear out some because you guys have stood still, but the people that are around you are locked in battle. There are people sword fighting. There are spells being cast. It is just absolute pandemonium where you are right now. So anywhere running in either direction would be safer than here. The only place you could think of offhand would be maybe the barley barrel, but you also know that it's going to be difficult to get through this crowd. So, what do you do? Let's just take her with us, Misk. Let's just get her inside. Let's get us inside and out of this. I want to roll a perception check or something. Or you tell me somewhere I can just drop this kid off. The first place you would think of would be the barley barrel. You know that the people there are good people. You know what I'm saying? You don't really know that many people here. Okay, well, I guess we need to take her there. So is that what you want to do? Yeah. I mean, you guys aren't that far from the barley barrel, but that's kind of where you're pressing toward. Yep. Okay, so you two turn and begin to press through the crowd. Right, and I don't, I don't just let Miss pull her by the hand because you know it's, it's like a crazy crowd. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna pick her up and you know either throw her on my shoulder or sit on my back or something, piggyback almost, and just take off. I'm not sure that you could do that. I mean, she's like a 12 year old girl. You're a halfling. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I was expecting a smaller girl. You know. She's not like a toddler, um, but you know you can still help make sure that she's protected. So you two press your way through the crowd, and you're trying to make your way toward the barley barrel. But what you're running into is you're seeing more scenes like this one, uh, not necessarily like a little girl or sister and all that, but you're seeing more and more people as you begin to press through the crowd, and the crowd begins to spread out more and more. You're seeing lots of houses and lots of businesses open up and people come out holding whatever they could get a hold of. You see a man run out with what looks like a uh, rolling pin and he runs out and jumps into a sword fight between one of these Branshire guards and uh, one of the halfling hotfoot members. You see a woman come running out with a frying pan in her hand. You're seeing things like this. You see people with pitchforks and uh, you see a couple people with woodcutters axes. And it seems like many of the people from Branshire are starting to get in on this. You know what I mean? Can I go ahead and roll a perception check to find the gang, perhaps? The gang? Like the the rest of them, the, uh, you know, Misk's brother and the half-orc. You can roll a perception check to see if you see them around, yeah. Eight. You are keeping a constant eye out looking for those guys. So far, you haven't seen them anywhere. I guess we just keep pushing on towards the barley barrel. You're pressing through, and then you come up on a spot where the crowd is kind of bunched in, and there is a pretty 
heated battle going on right in the middle of the street. It's not just two guys with swords. Actually, Miles, you see a couple of Hotfoot members that you know that are wizards like you, spellcasters. Maybe not wizards specifically, but they're spellcasters that you've worked with before. And uh, they are standing off with that same elf that you saw, the one that came in and made the announcement. And they seem to be in a heated battle of spells. You see fireballs being cast, and uh, you see a witch bolt come flying across. Different things, spells that you immediately recognize. But there are two of them against this one elf, but he seems to be pushing them back, and he seems to have them outmatched. And at that moment, one of them looks over and sees as you two come walking up. Kind of, you see them right at the moment that they see you, and one of them calls out, Miles, we need you. Help us. The shiv's got me protecting this girl. I've got to get her back. You've got to help us or we're going to... And as he says that, a witch bolt just strikes him right in the side of the face. And it, it literally knocks him off the ground, sends him flying against the wall. He's just unconscious. And the other one, a woman, a female halfling that you know, another one of the spellcasters, she lets out a cry and says, Miles, we're... he's going to kill us. Help me. What does Miles do? Miles stops. He's taken aback that his, you know, his colleague... It's down mm-hmm. by this elf who's casting, you know, these spells and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he, he pauses for a moment and has to make the internal choice between helping out his brothers in arms or getting misc and the little girl to safety. And so being in the situation, he's gonna t- he's gonna choose he's gonna choose the misc and the girl. Because he knows that after this this entire battle's over with, Miles' loyalty will be stretched so thin that he's not sure if he'll be a hot foot member anymore. Okay. So tell me what you do. I look at her and I pause. And after a few moments of contemplation, I turn and head off with Misk and the girl. Turning to leave, Miles, she sees you as you turn your back and go to push them through the crowd. And she lets out like a cry. No! And then you feel as these force bolts just strike you in the back. You take 12 bludgeoning damage and you didn't see it happen, but Misk, you see this one fans her wand toward Miles, and these missiles come firing out of it right into his back. And it kind of pushes you forward onto the ground, Miles. Miles! I'm going to run up and try to stab her. Okay, roll me an attack roll. Ain't nobody miss me, Miles. 11 plus 5. So a 16. A 16 is plenty, so you dash toward her, drawing your sword, or holding your sword in front of you, and you just stab your rapier right into her. Roll me the damage. Five plus three is eight. So you rush forward and you stab your rapier right into her midriff for eight damage. And as soon as you do, that ringing in your ears lights up. I mean, it lights up like nothing that you have ever heard. You felt that pain and, you know, that inhibiting. This makes your eyes roll back in your head. It is like a screaming, ringing bell of pain throughout your whole body. And as soon as it strikes you, it it literally, you know how it is. Have you ever grabbed an electric fence? You can't let go. That's what it's like. It's like you're trapped in this, and before you can do anything or react or have even thought or memory, you go black unconscious. 
miles you turn you you took those bolts to the back but it didn't drop you right i mean you're, you're okay and you're immediately pushing yourself forward as you hear her yell your name out and you turn around in time to see her stab the spellcaster that just attacked you and then just slump to her knees holding her head over her ears and then fall face down onto the dirt Nisk. are blowing in through the door in the kitchen that leads outside as thunder strikes and John very quickly slams the door shut and there the three of you stand facing John Varig and Brianna the princess say hey welcome she, she jumps right out of her skin and John draws a, sh- a sword <laughs> what a coincidence and they turn towards you and she kind of like screams and she turns and she kind of scans and sees you all and then she sees Tyriella standing there her mouth just drops open and she just runs forward Tyriella and grabs her and just begins to hug her and, and Tyriella just starts like weeping oh that's so beautiful epic background music and tears everywhere uh so they're embracing each other. Well, well, be careful, be careful. You're going to kill her. John steps up and he says, what are the three of you doing here? Dying. York said it correctly. It's, <laughs> you all look like... Braxton Tarek. Braxton Tarek. He's evil. He, 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 he's some sort of demon, devil, floaty monster thing. Oh, all right, all right. T- take a second. Calm down now. Listen, son. No, you calm down. We had to, we had to tell people. We got to show what he did to Tariella. We got to get everybody out of here. When you say that, Brianna turns to you and she's like, what did he do? And he's, she's trying to talk to Tariella. A smeller. She c- cuts her eyes at you pretty hard for that. <laughs> she's like, where did, where did you find her? Downstairs. In the birdcage downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, did you all, what did you find out? Okay, what, what is happening in Branchshire right now? Bad jubies. We came with the resistance. They're all outside the city. They can't get in. Everything is shut down on Circle Street. This parade that Tarek has got planned, apparently it has everything locked down. People can't get to their own homes. It, you may have noticed it's, it's some kind of gale out there. Who's gale? Like a gale. Like a wind. Like a gale. Alan. Who? Oh my Please. Gosh. How do we play this game? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> so true. It, <laughs> Look, we came here to see what we could find while while he's not here. He's in the parade. With Gail? He's wait, wait, wait. When's the parade? When is the parade? It's now. I mean it's it's late in the day. It'll be it'll be dusk soon, within the hour. What? Where have what do you where have you been? What look first we were supposed to come here and see if we could find something in the house while he's gone. I brought the lady, the princess, Brianna, here, we're supposed to be uh, looking. Brianna says, yes, we're supposed to see if we can find something on Braxton while we're here. And Have you seen Bridget? Uh, no, I, I haven't seen Bridget. Is she, is she not here? Was she not in the parade? Uh, we haven't been at the parade. We, we snuck around from the back. We tried to get through the city without being noticed. We didn't go to the parade. Z- where is Zahn? Isn't he supposed to be with you? Uh, where, did, where did he go? He was out. He was supposed to meet us tomorrow if... After we, we tried to assassinate Braxton, it didn't go good. <laughs> it didn't go good. It, it, he doesn't even know how to say well. About that time, the door swings open again. The wind and the rain blows in. Someone else comes walking in. They're not wearing a cloak, and they're not, they don't have their hood down, and it's soaking wet. He steps in, and you see that it's Zahn. 
when he pushes the door open, he walks in like with determination. He doesn't slow down. He doesn't take a break. He steps right up to John Varig and punches him square in the face. What? And John goes down. Uh, Saul's like, (laughs) John hits the floor. And before you can do anything else, Zahn uh, kneels down, grabs him and just starts repeatedly punching him in his face. Hey, maybe don't do that. But I'm too weak to try to stop him. He just keeps punching him. Cut his ears off. Until he is unable to speak. And then he drops him. He looks up at you guys. He looks super, super, super ticked off. He's soaking wet. He's got an angry look on his face. And he says, Varig's a traitor. Stab him. Explain? He brought the princess here under the guise of looking for information. He's supposed to meet Tarek here. Varig's just kind of like grunting on the floor. <coughs> and Brianna says, What? That's, that's Zahn. That can't be true. And Zahn just kicks John Varig right in his guts again. He's like coughing blood. I want to know. I want to do a check. And I want to see if uh, I believe Zahn is on the up and up. Okay, roll an insight check. I rolled a three. Your insights are always so good. My insights So good. And, and just in D&D in general, uh, you have no read on the situation. <laughs> Zahn picks up John Varig again, and he just starts, he just punches him again in the face. Like, he's, he's just really going nuts on this guy. Is John out, out cold? He's not yet, no. He's on the verge. What? Stop. Zahn pauses. He says, why should I stop? Why shouldn't I kill this scum? No, no, no. That's not how you torture a man. I'll, I'll show you. I'm not interested in torture. Well, uh, let me show you how to kill one properly. We should probably question him first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pull him off and say, all right, boy. When did you first become friends with Braxton? And I'm going to grab his ear like I'm going to cut his ear off. All right, you grab his ear, you put a knife to it. Zahn says, Saul, we have no time for this. He pulls out his rapier and stabs John Berg in the chest. Oh, God. Oh God. Zahn! All right, I'm going to cut the ear off. <laughs> You're going to cut his ear off? I mean, I already had it in my hand. All right, you cut his ear off. Varig bleeds out. Brianna's just looking around. Jaw just dropped. <laughs> he says... I think we have much to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. And then stabs all of us with his rapier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. And I take a big draw off my cigar. And then he says, I think we have some things to converse about. And then he says, I think we have some things to chew the fat about. <laughs> I think we have some things that we, we should sit in this room and speak about for a while. Brianna's saying there, she goes, Zahn, you just killed John. Very he, he he was our friend. No, Brianna. He was never our friend. Neither of you were my friends. And I'm going to chug my potion of healing. <laughs> okay. You chug your potion of healing? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Roll it. I get eight flat, and then I get eight D4. Wow. There's a three. There's a three. There's a two. There's a four. There's a one. There's a four. You're at max. I'm, I'm healed. Yeah, you're at max. I feel really good. I feel really good. You drink this potion and it just like burns life back into your bones. Those lashes on your back don't disappear, but you can already feel them forming into scars. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I like my scars. Well, you're looking better already. Some of us have already been to hell once, peasant. This is my first time. Where have the three of you been? You look like you've been looking at Kjorg and, and uh, Brackle. You look like you've been beat to death. We have, I think. So, what piece of information were you looking for, Brianna? She looks at you, and she's like, I- I'm sorry. Look, listen, I-, I need to know right now why you just stormed in here and killed John 
Varig, Brianna, listen. I, I know that John was an old family friend, but I have reputable sources that inform me that he has been working with them the whole time. He brought you here to deliver you to Braxton Tark. He brought me here because we were supposed to come and, and search his search his, his office, search, try and find some 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 sort of evidence against him, something to use if he we we needed we needed information. Information. Yes, something. For his guilt. Well, here's your sister who can witness it. He's right. I Tarek, he's had me locked away, and she's just now kind of coming out of this weeping she's been doing uncontrollably. He's had me in some sort of a dungeon for weeks. I, I, I didn't think I was ever going to see the sun again. And I'm pretty sure that your sister, Bridget, is locked upstairs. Locked upstairs? What do you, what do you mean? Explain yourself. And Zahn says, he, he may be right, but before we do anything else, some things need to be made very clear. You tell. I need to know what you found. What we found? Yes. We were in a cage. Okay, you came to dinner, and he looks at Brackle. Brackle, please. We found some sort of blood sacrifice ritual chamber. Oh, Brackle, Brackle, Brackle. Oh, okay. Way to bury the lead, Saul. I'm sorry. In the house? No, it's in some other place that's near the house. We don't know where it's at. It's downstairs. He just looks around. Listen, listen. There was a magical portal that took us there. It's in Braxton's room. What? Yep, you should you should go to Braxton's room. He he looks at Brackle. I'll look at him. I'm trying to persuade him I'm to Greg. go upstairs <laughs> so that I can see if Bridget's in the other room. Okay. Listen. I just discovered within the hour that John Varig was making his way here to give you, Brianna, to Tarek. Tarek will be arriving here very soon. Whatever we're going to do, we need to do it. But before we do, I need to know. He looks at Brackle. This chamber you speak of, what was in it? Needles. Needles. Big ones. Big needles. Big needles. Three of them. (laughs) Brackle. He looks around. Someone, please... It's it's real simple. Uh lady Lady Brianna, tell me, is there something special about you and your sisters? Something magical in your blood, perhaps? Magical? No. Tell me we're t- just what's your bloodline? Are you are you are you just human? Are you sure? Zahn's like cutting his eyes at you. She says, Yes, I'm human. I mean my father is human. My mother is human. We're human. You're human. I mean, my father was the mayor. He, he, our bloodline is the bloodline of the mayors of Branshire, but, I mean, w- big deal. The mayors. Do you know anything about the history of Branshire? Who, who f- well, sure. I know, I know plenty about the history of Branshire. And Zahn says, is this really necessary right now? Absolutely necessary. And why? Why is this necessary? I believe that our good... Mayor with the swirly pendant wants the sisters for a blood sacrifice. All you got to do is go through the portal in his room, and there it is. These nice little needles. Little needles. And Brackle's so happy to talk about Big needles. <laughs> big needles. They're pretty big. There's just needles. Needles. Blood sacrifice. For days. Yeah. Three days, in fact. Three, three days of needles, according to Brackle. Has anyone ever told the three of you that you are not good at painting word pictures? Yes. Because <laughs> so far, I'm seeing a room with big needles in it. 
You're that's, seeing it right. That's all you're needing to see, I guess. This is confusing. Also, the ceiling is not the roof because there's no ceiling. We did discover that. Wh- where is this place? It's you through have, a portal in Braxton Tark's room. You go to Braxton Tark's room through the portal. It's over there. After he basically murders you. All right, roll me a persuasion check, Saul. That's what I was hoping for. 14 on the dice, and plus five's 19 total. Okay. I rolled a 19 on his wisdom save. Listen, this room, tell me, you're speaking of needles and rituals. Was there an altar? Uh, was there? I mean, if you call those three needles an altar. It was like a... An obelisk. There were these three needles coming out of it, leading to a central part. Yeah, we're obviously not describing it to him on purpose. Okay, I'm just making sure you understand. Yeah, I do. I I do get the picture that it, it's somewhat of like position for three people with the needle. Something. Yeah. Some something bad. Don't like it, Lady Lady Brianna. I I would I would love to show him this room, but your sister's upstairs. Surely you can order one of your men to go check on your sister. We don't have any men with us. They're all outside the city. Who is this? And I point my finger at Zon. Zon just killed John. I think perhaps that now would be a good time for me to explain something to you all. Explain it. Quickly. He pulls his rapier out, and he, he turns the handle towards you. And he's got that symbol of Palor on the hilt, right? Mm-hmm. And he's holding it out to you, and he says... This is the symbol of Pelor. You know it. Yes. Yeah. I'm not from Branchar. Obviously. Neither am I, did you know? You could say that I'm an agent of Pelor. I'm from Branchar. I don't know if that's something that helps me or hurts me. When he says that, he, he steps up uh, holding his rapier, not like pointing it at you, but he hands it to you, Brackle, like reaches it out to you like he wants you to take it. I take it. You take the rapier. When you do, the hilt glows and his eyes light up with this golden light. Like he's holding onto the blade as he's like handing it to you. And it's like channeling this energy through it. And when it does, you are 100% healed. Yay. Full health, full spell slots. I want to touch it. I, want, I, I like a touch. And I drink my potion. You feel great. In fact, like, like, your eye, the swelling goes away, your lip reforms. It's the most intense healing you've ever felt. You feel better than you've felt in years. I mean, you're like, what, 30? So you feel great. I'm touching it. He pulls it back, and he turns to Kjorg, and he reaches it out to you as well, Kjorg. I grab it. And the same thing happens. His eyes glow with that, almost like sunlight. And you are completely restored, and uh, everything is great. Mm. Guys, just let me say, uh, Saul wouldn't touched his wand. He turns to Saul like he's going to offer it to you. I slowly draw out the uh, the venomous dagger. Okay. And I, I like reach out with the dagger tip and like put it on the symbol of Palor and say, Again, peasant, I don't know if this is good for me or not. When you say that, he says, Perhaps you should kneel. It comes out like this booming voice, like it knocks you back. Gandalf. Against the wall. He steps forward towards you, and as he does, Saul, in your vision, he becomes this almost angelic-looking, like, his whole body's, like, glowing. And you really see this more than anybody. And he looks down at you, and he says, You have mocked our God for the last time. He is offering you his aid. And whether you have wanted it so or not, you have been doing his will. 
This evil that has inhabited Branshire must come to an end, here and now, and you would do best, such Saurus, to stop inhibiting it. Saul uh, puts his dagger up. I will not bow, but I will agree that whatever it is that is trying to be set free does not need to be. And with one hand, and probably the one with the cigar in it, uh, I'm going to reach out and with one finger, touch it. You touch his sword, and you feel that energy pulse from him into you. And he's, like, big in your eyes, you know? He's, like, larger than life. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, something weird clicks in your brain. And suddenly, you are back over the chasm. You are hearing this voice coming up from the start. It's not booming. It's like a whisper that you can hear from across the room mm-hmm. coming up out of this chasm beneath you. Uh, Brackle and Kjorg are both levitating beside you. Their heads are slumped down like they're unconscious. Braxton Tarek has his hand on your skull, and his mouth is moving, but the voice you're hearing isn't coming from him. It's coming from beneath you from that chasm that you are floating over mm. it, and it's some language that you can't understand. And his voice, it's slowly like rising up and rising up and rising up. And, and it, like it ends suddenly. And when it does, your head snaps back. And it's like you're back here. back, And you guys see Saul's head snap back. And he starts like tremoring all over his body like he's having some sort of a seizure. And then his eyes roll black. And then this shadow like bursts out from him. And as the shadow bursts out of Zahn... You all see as he throws back his head, screaming, and then the shadow waves over him and his body just disperses like a burst of gas and light. And he is banished. And then Saul, you fall down to your knees. And Saul's still convulsing? No, after he's after that energy like bursts out of you, you fall down to your knees. And you are fully healed all the stuff that they got, all those same perks happened to you as well. But there was definitely something else going on right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what was that? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm not convinced that we are here. I still think we're in Braxton's room levitating over the hole. Brianna looks around. She says, what did you just do to Zahn? I didn't. I didn't do it. Did you kill Zahn? Braxton killed Zahn. Do you you just killed Zahn? Brianna, I will kill you if you don't he, stop. He 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 was he was with Palor. What she's like losing it and Tariella's like, what what is going on here? What what have we what are we dealing with? This is I just want I'm going to stand up and I'm going to thaumaturgy myself purple flames all over my body. Okay. And just in rage say, stop! And just try to shut both of them up. Okay, you do that and they, they stop talking. We're going to go get your sister. She's upstairs. Let's go. You just start walking? No, I d- draw daggers and say, let's go now. They kind of turn around and start. You march your hostages down the hall. <laughs> Come on, Brackle. What are the other two of you doing? We need to see if the sister's there. What? I didn't kill anyone. 
you saw that happened. I I couldn't control it. Do you? I'm telling you. Couldn't control what? I'm telling you, we are not. This isn't real. This is not reality. You sure about that? Yes. Am and, I and, sure about and that? no, and no, but yes. <laughs> Mainly yes. I, we we don't have to hurt anyone. We let's just get the sisters. Let's get them out of here. If Braxton wants them, we should get them and get them away. I agree on that much, but just everyone be careful. If you start have a, having a vision, let me know before something bad happens. Please keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Is there a sword laying on the ground still? No, he's he went with him. Like everything, he's gone. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to frog march the women. Uh, is Tyriel, Tyriel, is she able to uh, walk well enough yet? Tyriel, yeah. Well, she's walking with um, with Brianna. And Brianna's kind of helping her. And she's had a little water and something to eat. And, yep. You know. Frog marching them up the stairs. She might would have got in on some of that juju from, what's his name, if you hadn't banished him to wherever you banished him to. But, you know, hey, nobody's pointing fingers. That's okay. I am. I want um, her to be I'm easily too. killable. <laughs> I want to say is this. And I didn't necessarily plan it this way, but this is the way it's gone. So far, everybody seems suspicious. <laughs> I mean, Saul seems suspicious right now. Zahn seems suspicious. John seems suspicious. Now, Saul thinks everything around him is suspicious. I'm not convinced that that's Brackle and Kjork. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, let's go. We're going we're gonna to go check on the sister. All right, you go down the hallway. Are you all going... I'm going, but I'm careful in my going. Georg, I mean, you're just going? Let's do it. You're walking down the hallway. You pass the servants' quarters and the door to the cellar and then to wherever you were before. Right to your right, you, you walk down that way. You come out into the foyer there where the stairs lead uh, upstairs to the second and third floor. And third floor where, where you would expect to see Bridget. You come around that way, and as you approach the staircase, you begin to go up. You, you hear the footsteps of someone coming down the stairs. You look up, and coming down the bottom staircase is a woman. She has strawberry blonde hair. She's kind of tall for a lady. You know, she's probably 5'11", something like that. She is immaculately dressed, wearing black and purple robes. Her hair is perfectly put up. It looks great. Fair-skinned, I would say. Green eyes. She is coming down the stairs. She has about her neck a, uh, a pendant. It's a black chained pendant with a swirly symbol right there on the middle of it. And she looks down at you all and she says, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, is correct. Uh, hello. Name yourself peasant. I'm sorry. Who are you? No, we asked you first. It's Bridget. Come on. It's Bridget. Brianna says, Bridget. <laughs> and she says, oh, hello, sister. And you all know, here stands Bridget Tarek. The Lady of Branchar. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Make Believe Heroes. This is the penultimate episode of Season 2. We're looking at a finale next week, folks. And um, it's a pretty big one. And right after the finale, we'll be releasing our epilogue for Season 2. Now, the epilogue to Season 1 just kind of tied up a few loose ends, or, well, actually, no, it didn't really tie up much. Instead, it set those characters forward, I guess, onto their own paths, 
other stories that we could potentially circle back around to, maybe with some bonus material or something in the future. Uh, maybe that's something we might do on the Patreon, or you never know what might happen with those characters. But season two, the epilogue is different. The epilogue is actually less of an epilogue, if I'm being honest, and more of a transition. It's a transition between season two and everything that's going to come afterward. So be excited about that. It's a big episode. Um, it's probably going to be like almost two hours long. I'm hoping I can get it edited in a good time frame and get it out to our patrons early. By the way, this episode has gone out to our patrons early. Anyone who is supporting us on Patreon.com for $5 per month or more is getting early access to these episodes. So if you're a patron and you're listening and you haven't you know, used that, there's two ways you can do so. First of all, you can go to patreon.com forward slash makebelieveheroes. And if you haven't done that, you should definitely go see what's going on over there. You know, uh, become a patron. We'd love to have you as a patron for the show. And we have some awesome rewards lined up. But if you are a patron, you can go to the website or you can use the Patreon app on your phone. And you can download any episodes that we post on there that you have access to based on the tier that you're supporting us at. You can also go to patreon.com on a browser. So I haven't figured out how to make this work through the app. I'm not sure that it can. But if you actually go to patreon.com on your computer or even on your smartphone, go to patreon.com and go to our patron page and scroll down, it will show on our Patreon page if you're logged in under your account as a patron. Assuming that you're supporting us at that $5 or above level, it will show you your personal RSS feed. Now, if you click that link, if you're using an iPhone, it's going to try and open up the news app, which is weird. It'll open the news app, and then it'll kick you over to the podcast app. You can actually copy that RSS link and use it in any podcast app that you use on your phone, and it will give you your individual RSS feed. And on that feed, you'll see our early access episodes going up, which should be on at least Saturday going forward. You'll also see the bonus episodes that we'll be releasing. We'll be putting one out this month, a special uh, bonus episode of us playing something different for our $10 and above patrons. And, of course, you'll also eventually get the Q&A. So let's talk about the Q&A real quick. I would like for anyone and everyone that listens to the show that has any questions about Season 2, even about Season 1 still, any questions that you have whatsoever uh, for us as players, etc., anything, Go ahead and send it to us at letters at makebelieveheroes.com or on Twitter, etc., just wherever you'd like, and we're going to put that down for the Q&A episode. So we're going to be doing this Q&A episode live. <laughs> now, that's uh, it's going to be something for us, and I expect that we'll probably be doing that on a Thursday evening. Uh, we have not worked out all the logistics, but for our patrons, if you are supporting us at the $5 and above level, you get access to our live Q&A. So we'll send out a time sometime over the next few weeks that we're going to be getting on and doing this Q&A and you all can log on and, you know, you can ask us questions live or comment live if you'd like, but we will be addressing these questions on there. Now, these Q&A episodes that we do, we're going to release them to our patrons every month as an audio file if you miss the live versions, but this one is different. So this is our end of the season Q&A. And I don't want to keep that from anyone. So here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do the Q&A live. And if you're a patron, then you get to go be a part of that. You know, you get to ask us questions live and see us react live and all that stuff. If you are not a patron, you'll still get to hear the Q&A. It'll just come out as an audio file in our regular RSS feed sometime over the next few weeks. 
So I don't want to take much longer. Let me just mention quickly, as I always do, BattleBards.com has all of the sound effects and music you need to give your table another dimension of gameplay. It's going to add so much to your game. People are going to think that you're the new Chris Perkins, the best DM in the world or whatever. And uh, all you got to do is go to BattleBards to try that out. And if you use the code Podcast, you can get 15% you can get 15% off of a Battle Barge Prime subscription. So you should definitely go and check that out. So there'll be more to say, more to announce, more to discuss once our finale and epilogue episodes have been released. I will just go ahead and tell you there'll probably be at least a one or two week break after the epilogue when we're preparing for that live Q&A and then getting that out to you guys. And then we'll let you know more about what you can expect from season three and when that's going to land and all of those things in the future. But for now, let's return to Branshire. So I rushed forward and grabbed this Hotfoot member, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, probably around the neck, okay. and just, just in a chokehold and perform shocking grasp to the point to where it shocks her, like, like almost like a shock collar, okay. flowing through my arm, dealing maximum pain to her. Because right. of what she's done to miss. Well, roll me an attack roll. Nine plus six makes a 15. That is a hit. So that does 1d8, right? Three damage. Okay. So you run up and just in a fury grab her around the neck and just channel this electricity through her body. You do, and she's yelling. The girl is not in a great mental state. <laughs> she's probably afraid. You know, she's facing off with this mage, this elf that is obviously more powerful than any of you, who, by the way, has stopped firing spells and is holding his hands up, ready to cast a spell at any moment, ready to attack. But he's just sort of watching this unfold because in the middle of his fight, he takes down the one mage. He turns to see this other one calling for help. And then he sees her casting spells at you. And she's completely taken her eyes off him. And so he, for a moment, you know, he's he may still cast a spell over here at someone else or do this or do that, but he is watching you all. He sees you run up as Misk hits the ground unconscious and just unleash your electric attack into her. And as this electricity just courses through her, she lets out a yell ah! and actually falls down to a knee. She's a little bit taken aback. She's used to combat, but not like this. She's used to really more ambushes. That's kind of their style. You know that. And uh, this has taken her by surprise. You're right up in her grill. Why did you fire those at me? You know good and well that <gasps> we're part of the same group. We're part of the same people. Why would you shoot me? I asked for your help. Your friends stabbed me. The elf is going to kill us. What are you doing? You're, you're, you left us to die. I have orders from the Shiv. You can fend for yourselves. You're trained. You know how to do these things. And I need to go and protect who I've been told to protect. Okay, so roll me a deception check. Well, okay, deception or persuasion. You want to go with persuasion? We'll go with persuasion. Yeah. Okay. A 12. Okay, you have a plus 2. 12 plus 2 makes 14. Okay. So what are you trying to persuade her? You're trying to persuade her that... I still feel like this is somewhere between persuasion and deception, but you're trying to persuade her to let you go and that you're, not, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. I, I get that, but we're. It, this is a war, and I don't know if you've noticed, but things aren't going great. People are turning on us. Everyone is turning on us, and there are a lot more of them than we thought. And this elf, she says, uh, pointing to the figure behind you, who is standing there with his arms crossed, now watching you with a bit of a smirk on his face. 
this elf is going to kill me. So if you walk away from me, I'm dead. Are you going to help me or not? Are you my ally or are you my enemy? And this, she points at Misk, tiefling, and she <clears throat> winces at the wound in her stomach, is going to pay dearly for what she just did to me. Is she on the uh, on her knees or is she standing up right now? She's like slumped down to one knee. All right, so Miles is going to take his arm from around her neck and in one swift move, mm-hmm. push her down on her face. Like not on her face, but on her chest. Where she's laying on the ground and okay. she's like, you know, face first, face first on the ground, uh-huh. and he's going to go and he's just going to he's just going to leave her there. His, her threat towards Misk was enough to just push him over the line because he knows that these people aren't innocent people. You push her down because you're what are you choosing? You're choosing to leave her there and walk away. I'm choosing to let her face her fate because of what she said about Misk. Right. Okay, you push her down. Um, or, or what is your plan? Just to kind of push her down and walk away? Or are you actually trying to hurt her? No, I just want to put, push her down enough to where she's on her face and to get up is embarrassing. Okay. And I step over to Misk and start leading Misk away. Again. I mean, Misk is right beside you and she is unconscious on the ground. You go to Misk and you, she is breathing. You can easily see she's breathing. She's alive, but she is not conscious. I walk over and get down on one knee beside her, and I just I just try to wake her up. I just kind of like, I'm not sure if she needs a medicine check. You don't have to give me a medicine check. I mean, you have dealt with this before, so you know that there's not really anything medicinal necessarily, especially with what you have here, that you could do to try and bring her out of this. Um, but you grab her and try to shake her and wake her, right? Right, right, right. So, Misk, make me a constitution saving throw. 16. Okay, with a 16... You feel someone shaking you, and you can hear someone calling you as if it's from a great distance. And after a moment, your eyes open again, and you see Miles is, is down over you, and he's trying to shake you awake. And you come to pretty well, you know, pretty quickly. You kind of snap into it, and that ringing is back in your ears. Now, it's not like it was when you went down. It has backed off some, but it is still there, an ever-present threat, because in your heart your intention is still to harm this hotfoot member and as that is happening you see behind miles as this halfling woman stands again and she holds a wand out right toward the back of miles's head if you're not with us you're against us and she casts magic missile second level wow oh my gosh you hear her say this and you turn to react but before anything else can happen you feel as these four darts of force just thump into the back of your head and your eyes roll up and you go down miles no 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 miles just slumps forward onto you you're kind of holding him and this woman levels her wand at you now listen please please don't don't. You caused this and you're going to pay for what you did to me. But her word, me, gets cut off as literally a fireball just comes flying toward her. And it doesn't come from the side because if you think about it, there's kind of a crowd around and had it come from the side, perhaps it could have hit other people. It falls down on her from the sky like brimstone and she is engulfed in this explosion of flame pretty close to you, honestly, about 10 feet away. It's really hot. But when it seems like maybe it would spill over onto you, it kind of whips up like a little cyclone of fire. And when the fire clears, the woman is lying there on the ground, dead, presumably. Wow. 
and you see as the dark-cloaked elven figure steps over, dusting off his robes, and he tucks one of his wands back into his pocket. Well, that should take care of that problem for now, anyhow. Please, please, can can you do something? Excuse me, your name, it wouldn't happen to be Misk, would it? Yeah, yeah, that's my name. Ah, Yes, I was told to keep my eye out for tiefling, and, uh, well, you are, in fact, a tiefling, unless I am poorly mistaken. You know my brother? Uh, yes, Sutsaris. Such a charming individual, so kind and gentle. (laughs) You must have met him. I can't do anything to help your friend there, but um, perhaps there's someone here that can. Uh, I I can give you protection if you'd like to follow with me. Well, I believe I can anyhow. It seems that there's no one here that is truly much of a threat to me. Thank you. Where will we go? You'll stay right where you are, Misk. You hear a voice coming from behind you. A voice that you immediately recognize. Shiv, she, uh, she attacked me. She attacked Miles. He just waves a hand at you. And he draws both of his swords and he kind of flips them around in his hand. But you notice, Miss, he's not looking at you. He doesn't care about you right now. He is wholeheartedly focused on this elf standing in front of him. Oh, snap. So you've come looking for a fight, have you? Yes, and who might I have the honor of speaking with? Are you some figure of importance amongst all of this pandemonium? The Shiv gives a little chuckle. (laughs) You could say that. If you don't mind, I would like to um, show you exactly what it is I can do. Aranus gives a slight bow, never taking his eyes off of the gray-headed, scarred halfling, and he says, Please... Be my guest. I'm going to stay very close to Tariel the whole time. Okay, Tariella. Yep. Um, and I'm going to have Venomous Dagger ready to go. On Tariella? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You want to kill her as a contingency plan. Yes. Oh, Brianna. How nice to see you. Um, for some reason, I feel like you should be more excited about that. Oh, I'm sorry. What's with the pendant, woman? I, I haven't even welcomed you all to my house. Uh, you're Kjorg, right? How do you know? Oh, I've heard, everyone has heard of you in Branshire. You you were the one in the first day that won that battle right there on Circle Street, right? The first day of the festival. The people's champion. Yeah, that's right. Kjorg, the people's champion. I forgot. Oh, and Ranger, it's Brackle, isn't isn't that correct? Isn't it? Is it Brackle? She knows me, right? Yeah, she knows you. I mean, you're not. She's she knows you. Yes, you'd say that you've you've met. So does it seem like she's being facetious in her? Oh, it's you, Brackle. She seems like she's almost like almost like putting on airs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like yes, and the lady. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. Are are you still still faring well with your pelts? Not this year, I'm afraid. Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, Why are we talking about pelts, Lady Bridget? Oh, uh, it's you were in, you were locked in a room. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce myself. I I am Bridget Tarek, the the Lady of Branshire. You must know my husband, Braxton, the mayor. Oh yes, I I've met peasants before. And you you must be Sutsaris, 
Prince of the Nine Hells. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Please, please don't take offense, but this is my house. This is your house. Tyriella, you look to be in poor state. I'm sorry. Are you feeling okay? You had her locked in your basement. This is your house? I I had her locked in my basement? Yes. She kind of looks confused. I'm going to... I want to intimidate her. Like I did her sisters. I want to see if I can get her to cow. What are you going to say first? I'd probably step between her and Tyriella. Okay. And say, Lady Bridget. Satsaurus. I will take you to the Nine Hells. Oh. If you do not wake from this dream. It's all a lie. You don't understand. I- oh, I'm sorry. Dream? What do you What do you mean dream? Listen, Dullard, I'll kill you and your sisters. And I pull up two daggers, one in each hand, like I'm gonna throw one at each of her sisters. Oh and I, I kinda stand up like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Let's 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 not do this then. It's a nine on the dice. Okay. <laughs> it's just Plus a your intimidation. fourteen total. Brackle steps up to to kind of stop. She re- reflexively takes her hand up to her chest. You know when she feels threatened. I say, "Whoa, let's let's not be hasty." Uh, yes, N- let's not be hasty. How about you just turn around and we all walk back up the stairs together? I'd like to see your room and your husband's room. I'm sorry, but you've been rude to me ever since I stepped down these stairs. This is the first time I've seen my sisters in weeks. It will be the last time if you do not cooperate. Now, let me just make myself clear. I will not be threatened in my own home. I am the lady of this town. Brianna is kind of stuff. She's like, Bridget. And she goes, no, Brianna. No. Saul. Is that correct? <laughs> Tell me, what exactly is it that you want to go see in my room? <laughs> I want to go through the door so we can step out into the real house. Not this puppetry trap your husband has you in what door the gate the portal we're not here i'm telling you this is not reality why do you say that? don't you feel it haven't you and like i'm gonna slowly take steps towards her okay and i want to get in range enough to try to grab her pendant off of her you take a step forward and she says okay that's enough she waves her hand when she does you are frozen in place oh magic as are Kjorg and Brackle. Beautiful. It's like, whoa. I love it. What, what's going on here? I think that that's quite far enough, Tiefling. <laughs> and she, she steps up closer. She kind of gets down right up on your face. Not like right up on your face, but, you know, much closer to you, right up in your business. What are you babbling about? Do you think this isn't real? It's all fake. Oh, this is very, very real, my friend. And she slaps you across the face. It doesn't do, like, damage to you. It just just your pride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that that's worse for Saul. And then she leans right up in your face real good, and she's like, you, you really thought you were going to just step up here and, what, take this from me? And she shows you the pendant. And it's when she holds up and shows it to you, you can see that the swirly thing is, like, spinning. Oh, yeah. Yep, need to break that, guys. Need to break it. The three of you, so valiant, and Tyriella's kind of shrinking back, and Brianna's like taking a step forward. She's like, Bridget, what what are you doing? That's enough. I've had enough. You're whining. Gosh, you're such a baby, Brianna. And Brianna just kind of looks hurt. 
my husband will be so happy that I have the three of you here. Well, the five of you. Actually, we, we need both of you to help us as well. Brianna, Bridget, what, what, are, what are you talking about? Listen, don't you understand what's going on? Are you so dense? Gosh, you were always so slow, Brianna. And you, Tyriella, what did you think you were going to just run off and mess everything up? Bridget, what are you... Brianna steps up and she's kind of like got tears in her eyes now. And she's like, I thought that you were under his spell. You've been held captive. And Bridget just laughs. No, no, I've not been held captive, Brianna. Braxton showed me true power. And trust me, when you see it, you'll want it too. I want it. I want it. (laughs) You say that? Yeah, I'm going to try to persuade her to let me go. She leans down your face. She says, trust me soon you'll get a really good look so she froze me i had two daggers pointed at each of her sisters and was glaring down her face okay can i cast magic missile and kill tyriella (sighs) no i don't think so not her you can't we'll say that you start like muttering like trying just trying to get it to work and she's like and when she does your tongue and your mouth just start frozen just like the rest of you saul hates that oh he is so glaring all the darts. It's almost time now, sisters. And you'll help me. When she says that, that amulet, it's it's still spinning, but it kind of starts to glow brighter and her eyes kind of turn purple. And Tyriella and Brianna both kind of stand up straighter, glossy-eyed. And she says, oh, I think, yes, that, that'll, be, that'll be my beloved now. And the door behind you opens. And stepping through the door is Braxton Tarek. With his head held up high, his chin up, a grin spread all the way across his face. Ah, beloved, I see you've got some presents for me. And that is where we're ending this episode. See you in one week for the season two finale.